Turn to John 15, please. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold up your hand. And let's go to John, Gospel account of John, chapter 15. John 15. Oh, the goodness of the Lord. You know, I was thinking earlier today, all our land that the Lord gave us, and paid for, and this fine aircraft paid for, and all this stuff. And I think sometimes people don't realize that they, they imagine that people have just big stores of money somewhere that they tap into or something. But if people only knew what Phyllis and I came to Branson with, money-wise, if they only knew that when we took steps where we were with things, uh, you'd know what a miracle it is. And, and those of you that have walked with God, you know in your own life that you started with nothing. And the Lord just keeps adding to you. He just keeps giving and giving and giving and, and giving and giving and giving and giving. And uh, don't, uh, don't count yourself out and don't think that these kind of things can't happen for you. We're people just like you. Everybody started from scratch. Did you hear me? And um, under the barrel. And debt. And made mistakes. And messed up. And missed God in finances. And, and God is merciful. He'll bring you out. He'll use you anyway. Hmm? Do you believe it? I want you to say it out loud. He can use me. Yes. He can use me. John 15 talks about this. In the first verse, John 15 and 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch. How many? Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. What is he expecting out of every one of us? He's expecting us to produce. Not just be saved and wait till we die and go to heaven or wait till he comes. How many know that's what the mass of Christianity is doing? Well, I'm saved. Glory to God. I'm going to make it. Well, that is great, but that's not the end. When you get saved, it's the beginning. Not that you've arrived and that's it. No, the Lord expects, expects, yea, requires you and I to produce. And if you are already producing, he wants you to produce more. Hmm? Why? Because he knows you can. And it's an honor that he would use you to produce more. Keep reading. He says, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. That goes to the purging. How does he purge us and cleanse us? If you'll receive it, he'll give you a word. And he'll show you something that needs to be changed in your life. And if you'll receive that word and obey it, it'll cleanse you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches, he that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Now you know, I know maybe a lot of times people have quoted this verse as far as me asking for what I need. And uh, and getting what I need. And, and that's covered. But really it's a much bigger picture. Jump to verse 16. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. This ask, us abiding in him, his words abiding in us, ask what you will and it shall be done to you. This is for fruit bearing. Can you see this? That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. He said, "You, you didn't choose me, I chose you and I ordained you. Why did he choose us? Why did he pick us? Why did he ordain, what has he ordained us to? That you should go and bring forth fruit. And fruit that remains. Glory to God. I know uh, earlier in 209 I was out on the road and in my room and just got to thinking about uh, all the people that have in the world that have not heard a decent faith message. You know, we don't think about it sometimes, but there are untold millions that have never heard a good faith message. How different would your life be if you'd never heard a word on faith? Totally different life. Totally. And uh, I was thinking about myself. I've heard, I don't know how many thousand good messages. On faith, healing, and righteousness, and being led by the Spirit, and abundance, and the list goes on. And yet there are millions that have never even heard one. I'm thinking, Lord, how is it that I've had the opportunity to hear all of this? And so many have heard very little or none. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice. But inside me. He said I knew. You would value it. See he knew you were before you were born. Didn't he? He knows in from the beginning. And my mind went back to one of the first times I heard a message of faith. Back as a teenager. And grew up in a very traditional church and, you know, the things about suffering and, you know, doing the best you can, trying to make it in and all that kind of stuff. And that's all you knew. And heard a message on faith and I thought, glory to God. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand half of what the person said with my head, but my heart was jumping up and down going, ah, this is it, this is it, this is it. And I didn't really know all what it meant, but I knew I wanted to hear some more. <laughs> yes and yes, please. And uh, not long after that, I, I, I went to share. I got, I got a series on being redeemed from the curse of the law from Brother Kenneth Copeland. And, uh, oh, man, 
I hadn't got over that yet. And I never will. I thought, oh man, everybody, everybody's got to hear this. Everybody's got to hear this. And after that, I got a hold of Brother Hagin's teachings on it. And oh, so some of my friends that I was around in the, in the church there, I said, man, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. And I gave them just a, a single tape, I think, another person, a couple of tapes. And, and I asked them the next day, I said, what about it? And they said, oh, I hadn't got around to it yet. I said, man, you need to get around to it. This, this will change your life. And so next week, they hadn't got around to it yet. And, and I said, oh, come on, man. This will change your life, I'm telling you. And then I finally met them again. They said, oh, did you listen to it? Yeah, part of it. Part of it. What do you think? Well, I didn't know. Now, that's just different than I've ever heard. (laughs) Famous last words of dying and drying up Christians in churches. We've never heard it like that before. Oh, we've never done that like that before. <laughs> People don't realize, do you imagine you have arrived at Christ-like perfection already? Don't you think you need to hear some things you had not heard and change and grow and develop? But they did not value it. When I was thinking about that just last year, my mind raced back to there again. And I thought, I see what you're saying, Lord. They didn't value it. Several people I tried to give it to, they were like, and some of them told me later. Some of them finally joined me 20 years later. Thank God. <laughs> but they told me, they've told me in recent times, I thought you were crazy, man. They said, I thought Keith and Phyllis have gone off the deep end, man. They, I don't know what happened to them. Never thought he'd do such a thing. I did, though. <laughs> Some of them are with me today. They joined me later, 20 years later. But hey, somebody, I heard somebody say, better late than never, yeah. Uh, that's not a scripture, but okay. <laughs> the Lord said, I knew you would value it. I knew you would value it. And then he said something else to me. He said, and I knew you would do something with it. Many people don't value it. So they don't want any more and they don't get any more. And a lot of people, they're not going to do anything with it. No matter how good it is, they're not going to do anything with it. But if you'll value it and you'll do something with it, he'll give you more. He'll set it up so that you're at the right place at the right time and you get hooked up with the right people. And Oh, come on now. You and I sitting in this church is proof positive of that. Right? This church didn't exist a few years ago. A lot of us didn't know each other, never met each other. God is ordering our steps. He's directing our paths. He's growing us up in Him. He's giving us His precious things. Why? He's chosen us. And He's ordained us. For what? That we should bear fruit. Fruit. And fruit that is eternal. Fruit that lasts that remains. Somebody say glory to God. Go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, please. Anybody got a stirring in their spirit besides me? Can you tell some good things are at hand? It's kind of like somebody that's just a master cook and you get a little taste before it's all ready. (laughs) 
Go, mm, boy. When did you say it's going to be done? <laughs> Ephesians 5 and 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ has loved us. And has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetous, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. How many know that uh, you should never hear an off-color, a vulgar joke, a remark out of our mouths? So much stuff we, uh, we ought not talk, we ought not say. And some people say, oh, you know, I'm not saying this, but I'm just telling you what they said. Well, that means you're saying it. It's not okay. He later on refers to that. Did not even mention those kind of things. We need to watch our mouths. He said, for this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who's an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, he didn't say these people couldn't be saved. He said, you live like this, and you're not going to have inheritance. Inheritance, another word that describes it is possession. How many know if you live wrong, you do all these things, you could, uh, in your last dying breath, receive Jesus and be born again, but everything you've ever done will be consumed by the fire. You'll be saved, but that's it. But a person who hasn't lived like this and has walked with the Lord and born fruit. Oh, come on now. Born fruit. Year after year is going to enter into glory with possessions. Glory to God. The Lord talked about individuals that would be rulers over ten cities. Remember he said, you've been faithful over a little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. Didn't he say that? Our fruitfulness here and now affects us in our inheritance then and there. He said, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, which actually the Greek there is light instead of spirit. The fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the what? Unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. See, the intent of the enemy is to get you embroiled in sin and stuff that uses all of your time and all of your resources and all of your strength and all of your money and leaves nothing for the work of God so that you are completely unfruitful. You're just living for your sensual pleasure. You're just living for this and everything you got and everything you are is being spent on that and it is total waste of your life. We're not to be in fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. He said, verse 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. That's what we just referred to earlier. A lot of things you should not retail or talk about. You shouldn't even mention them. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore, he says, awake Thou that sleeps and rise from the dead and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Notice this verse now. Redeeming 
the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, he mentions it again, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Everybody say redeeming the time. And before he mentions it, he talks about being wise. And right after he says it, he talks again about being wise. What's the key to redeeming the time? The wisdom of God. Now the same word that's used, redeem the time, is used, for instance, in Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Man, that's a powerful word. What, what did he do when he redeemed us? It means to, to buy or to save from loss. To save from loss. To purchase, to buy, so as to save from loss. It was used in secular Greek to describe purchasing a slave so that, so you could set them free. Glory to God. So that would be a life that otherwise they would have lost their life. They wouldn't have had on their own life. But now, since they've been redeemed, their whole life was recaptured. Amen. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Now the Master has done that for every one of us. Yes. We were lost in sin. But the Bible tells you and I that what He did for us, we're to do with our time. I don't think we've taken our time as seriously as we should. Our time must be very precious for the Lord to use these kind of words describing what we are to do. Say it out loud. Save the time. Redeem the time. Redeem it from what? Redeem it from loss. From losing it. The Bible says, uh, James, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. The word vapor, is, uh, uh, definition is the word mist. Mist. Our time is very, very short. And therefore very, very precious. You hear people using terminology that's just, it, it grates you when the more you realize about this. I heard somebody talking the other day and they, they were talking about, you know, I said, what are you doing with this? They said, oh, I'm, I'm just killing time. I thought, oh man. Killing time. What does that mean? Wasting it. Just throwing it away. Do we have time to throw away? No. Does the Lord expect something from our time? Yes. Our time down here is our life. What is your life? It's just an amount of time that you have down here. Does the Lord expect anything out of our time? He expects us to produce. He expects fruit. Now we know this in business. People are aware of this, but when they get to church, they just lose their sense somehow. McDonald's has become very big. They started out with one place, didn't they? One, one, little, one little bitty hamburger and milkshake store. Now they're global, aren't they? Huge. Why? Hmm? They kept looking. To expand. Didn't they? They have a message. Hmm? Message of what? what? Uh, that song's about the Big Mac. Right? They got a message. <laughs> what is their message? The good news about hamburgers. 
at a cheap price and quick. That's their message. And they have preached that message and they have bought billions of dollars worth of commercial time and billboards and they, they pushed it and, and, and they get together and they brainstorm and they go, okay, can we, can we open a store over here? Can we open a store over here? They're on a mission. Aren't they? They got a message to preach. They're preaching the good news about Big Macs and Happy Meals. And they expect their stores to produce. They expect their employees to produce. Don't they? And they, they want to expand. Oh, friend. I'm not knocking that at all. I ain't God for McDonald's. But if McDonald's is worth preaching and pushing, how much more the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, how much more we ought to be thinking about a, a church on every corner, a ministry in every place, right? And every church producing and every ministry producing and every child of God producing producing what are y'all trying to do take the world over yeah yeah how many know soon and very soon there will be no McDonald's there will be no Coca-Cola There will be no Ford or GM or or any of this. There will be no U.S. of A. All of these kingdoms, all of these companies, all of these corporations are here for a very, very short time. But the Bible said the kingdom of God. Did you read in Daniel? About that stone that's going to fill up the whole earth without hands. The kingdom of God that shall never end. It's happening, and you and I can be a part of its advancement right now. Oh, what a privilege we have. And we got just a few days to live and breathe and be down here and get this job done. And the devil is so subtle. He's so crafty. If you listen to him and yield to your flesh, you'll procrastinate. You'll put stuff off. You'll be lazy. You'll just focus on yourself and live life for yourself. And you'll look up in a few days, and it's time for you to get out of here. And you were not fruitful. You missed your opportunity. You wasted your time. Said out loud, redeeming the time. time. Look in Colossians, please, the fourth chapter. The Lord's helping us, friends. I said he's helping us. Colossians. Chapter four. And verse five. What does it say? We keep hearing that, don't we? Walk in wisdom toward them that are without doing what? Redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Listen at the Amplified, verse 5. Behave yourselves wisely. Living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world. Making the very most of the time. And seizing. Buying up. 
That's what the word redeem means. The opportunity. Say that out loud. Making the very most most of the time time. and seizing the opportunities. Today's English version says it like this. Be wise in the way you act. It went on to say making good use of every opportunity you have. Your speech should always be pleasant and interesting. Now, he, our, our opportunities, he talks about with them that are without, unbelievers. We have opportunities to let God use us. He, he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Those that are without are fruit that could come in. They are stones that could become alive and become part of the eternal kingdom of God. And he needs, and I say that word advisedly, he needs you and me who are in this world with them for him to speak through us to them and reach out to them and love them through us. The devil would have us so encumbered, so hindered by sin and selfishness and our stuff that we barely look up day to day. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Did you hear me, friends? All your time is used up making a living. I said all your time is used up making a living, going and coming, cleaning, getting up, going, coming back, cooking and cleaning up, washing and ironing, cooking and cleaning up. Comb your hair and wash your face and you got to do it again. Huh? Cooking and cleaning and washing and drying and going and coming and you look up and your life's over. It's just a mist. It's just a vapor. It's here. Now it's gone. There are things that need to be done. But a whole lot of things are not so important as people think they are. And the wisdom of God. And here's the big thing, friends. There are two super important things you and I need to learn in life. What's important and what's not important. (laughs) Because if you don't, you could spend your whole life on something that's not important. Isn't that right? Do you need to know what's important? Do you need to know what's not important? Do you know, need to know what's valuable and lasting and is worth your time and effort? And do you need to know what's a total waste of your time and your energies and your resources that you'll not be able to recoup? Once you've spent that day, you cannot go back and respend that day. To know what is important. What will enable you and I to know this? To discern this? It is the wisdom of God. You keep seeing it, don't you? Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Redeem the time. How are you going to redeem the time? Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Foolish people just do stuff. Whatever comes up. What everybody, anybody wants them to do. Whatever strikes their mind or their flesh. And they do it for hours and days and weeks and months. Only to look up years later and look back and go, you know, that was just a waste of time, wasn't it? Well, it's too late now. For that. Now, don't get sad on me. (laughs) I think maybe I've wasted a lot of time. Maybe you have. But there's not much you can do about that right now. 
But the good thing is, you're still alive. You could have some time. And you know one thing the Lord's very good about? Is he can help make up for some things. He can help make up for some things that were consumed and lost. And he can do a lot with a little. Can he? Think about what he did with three and a half years with Jesus. Whew. You might say, well, maybe I've wasted a lot of time. Well, do you have a year? <laughs> do you have two or three? Think about what he did with Jesus in three. No. The world's still turning. God's still on the throne. And for right now, you're still breathing. And you're still here. Which means, it's possible. You could start kicking out some serious fruit. <laughs> huh? You, you could become a real producer. In the family of God and the things of God. Huh? And this year could be the most productive of your life. Thus far. And if the Lord gives you some more. They could become even more productive than that. I'm excited. I said I'm excited. Everything the Lord has done in us. One has been building upon another. And he's been getting getting us to this place. And I can sense in my spirit. We've had some fruit. Thank God. Thank God we've had some people saved. We've had some people healed. Not just here, but all around the world. Oh, but I sense we're about to come into a a season of fruitfulness far beyond what we've had before. Of reaching out further and reaching more with more. Unprecedented in our history. Do you believe it or not? Could you get excited about that? Even without knowing how or knowing the details, faith goes ahead and expects. And gets excited. Said out loud, I will be. be, By the grace of God. God, More fruitful. fruitful Than I have been. been. Now what's involved. What's it going to take to do that? You need to discern in your own life. What's important. What's not important. What's valuable. And what's a waste. Of your precious time. And resources. The devil's a liar. The devil is always belittling and demeaning everything. Oh, who do you think you are? You're just, your time's not worth anything and you're this. Well, people say, well, I've got more time than I do money. Ha, ha, ha. And <laughs> that's not a scripture either. But but it's all this mentality is oh you know I'm just little so and so from little such and such place and I just my little life and I just get up and feed my cat and check my mail and (laughs) come back home and press my trousers and I love the Lord glory to God (laughs) listen you're believing lies I said you're believing lies God can use you. I said he can use you for so much more than you've imagined. You can be so much more productive and fruitful. But you've got to take things seriously. And you've got to believe he can. And you've got to believe that you're here for a reason. And that your life is valuable. And that your time is valuable. If you'll begin to believe it, he'll begin to show you what to do. And how to do it. Look in Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes, the 8th chapter. Tell me what two things you need to know. You need to know what's important. What else do you need to know? 
You need to know what's not important. I know that sounds like a simple statement, but friendly, it's life and death. It's, this is life and death. You think about this. You know, there's a lot of folk ought to be in here with us this morning. Is it so that, that most all of them are doing something more important than what we're doing? No. Then they're foolish. They're spending their time for something, that, you know, sleeping a little extra, eating a big breakfast. I don't know what they're doing. But uh, you could sleep this afternoon. Huh? You could do something a different time. Not knowing what's important. The word's important. God's going to great lengths to give us a church. Give us facility. Give us revelation. Give us the anointing. Give us the spirit of God. Give us family to support and encourage and believe with each other. And for us to lay back and not take advantage of it. And not even try to receive any of it. You know the Lord said to us a while back when we began the... uh, the word supply and, and especially everything at no charge. Uh, no charge means what? No excuse. <laughs> no expense, no charge means no excuse. No excuse why you don't have it. Why you don't get it. You can't say, well, I couldn't afford that series. We all know that's a lie. <laughs> I was talking to some of the guys in the in the CD and in the mail out area just this week. And I said, well, you know, other people talking about their stuff is down, you know, with the, the year and with the economy. I said, uh, ours not down much, is it? They said, no, no, ours not down. <laughs> I said, yeah, the way our prices are. <laughs> ours has <is> increased. <laughs> Business is good. <laughs> But then people could easily say, well, I'd do that too if I had the money. We didn't have the money either. If you got the faith, God can give you the money. If you'll obey him and sow some seed and believe and act on do what he says. You just got to be willing. You know what kind of people God uses? It's not just the smartest, just the prettiest, just the most educated. Just no. You know what kind of people he uses? Those that are available. Those that are not too busy to be available. Those that actually show up. Those that will say, yeah, I'm here. I'll do it. Use me. Ecclesiastes 8. Are you all believing with me? I'm not quite through here. Stay hooked. Let's get some more. Ecclesiastes 8 and the fifth verse. It says, whoso keeps the commandment shall feel... No evil thing. I like that, don't you? Does it pay to obey? Sure does. And uh, a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Because to every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. He's talking about just the natural side of everything. But I want you to look at the spiritual truth. Today's English version says, as long as you obey his commands, you are safe. Doesn't that sound good? And a wise person knows how and when to do it. There is a right time and a right way to do everything. But we know so little. 
That's not just an idea somebody had. That's the Bible. That there's a right time. And a right way. To do everything. How can you know. The right time. And the right way. Only one way. The wisdom of God. I said the wisdom of God. Jeremiah 10.23. You don't have to turn there. But Jeremiah 10.23 says. Oh Lord. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. None of us are or will ever be smart enough in ourself to always know the right way to do and the right thing to do and the right time to do. It's you, you never will have that. You can research everything. You can look at a million websites. You can make 300 phone calls and you never will know enough. To make the perfect decision. For one thing. You don't know the future. But there is somebody inside you. <laughs> that knows. In every circumstance. Every situation. When and where and how. And what. And the right way. To do everything. Do you believe that? Yes. And how many can see. If you would follow him. And if you'd listen to him. You wouldn't waste a day. If we would follow him. And follow that wisdom that's already in us. Night and day. We wouldn't waste hours. We wouldn't miss opportunities. He'd show us how to redeem the time. It's simple. All you have to do. We're going to touch on it in just a minute. Is look for it. Look to it. You're there in the. Ecclesiastes, go back to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, please. Well, since you're so close by, look at Proverbs 3. Can you take a little more? Yes. Is this worth your time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's important? Yes. What's not? Yes. What's valuable? Yes. Eating biscuits is only worth so much. Huh? Eating this. Isn't that what the Lord said? Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. Next verse. In all your ways. How many? How many? How many? In the spiritual things. In the big things. Uh, Sunday morning things. Church things. No, 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 no. All things. All things. Car purchases. Looking for clothes. Hairstyles. (laughs) Now you laugh. But how many hours of your life will be spent fixing your hair? Say la. <laughs> now how fruitful is that? Now I'm glad most of you took a little time. So I wouldn't be distracted in here today. <laughs> (laughs) 
But it is possible to just waste gobs of time on stuff that's not going to matter. And stuff that don't even help you. You'd be better off with something else. You just hadn't realized it yet. <laughs> Boy, I'm into something now, ain't I? <laughs> there are people. There are people. They spend most of their day getting ready or thinking about getting ready or shopping or thinking about shopping or taking stuff back. There's a bunch of people, Christians, ministers, I know some of them. They think, you know, they they take back half or more of everything they get and they think it shows their superior taste. That their taste is so refined. That they're so picky. All it means is you don't know how to be led. (laughs) You wouldn't have got all that to start with. I'm not kidding. I'm not laughing. You wouldn't have got all that stuff to start with if you knew how to be led. People are wasting days out of their life. Doing nothing. And they'll never get them back. And the Lord expects... You and me to be producing. Doesn't he? Producing. Producing what? (laughs) Not have the all time record of returns. That's not producing. How many believe all of us could be better led? I don't care who you are. All of us could be better led. I know is I'm endeavoring to grow in this. The Lord spared us already. I mean, just thank God. We live different than we did years ago. And it's just wonderful. It's just so much more peaceful. And you just enjoy life so much better. But I, thing after thing, I, I'll start to do and I realize you don't need to do that now. You're going to be so-and-so Thursday anyhow. And it'll work great to do it that way. And well, what is that? I, that sounds too simple for people. That's the wisdom of God. Yeah. Just, you know, you're remembering it and you're realizing it. And, and um, you know, there's some people spend half their day looking for stuff. Hmm? Because they didn't put it in the right place to start with. I know the other day I was getting ready for a trip and I was putting some of my stuff aside and there was a particular thing I needed and I put it in the closet. And I said, I got to remember to do that. And I shut the door and it just came up in me. You'll forget it if you leave it there. I'm not talking about hearing a voice. Just, just a thought. I've done this long enough now that I know, pay attention to that. So I stopped, I opened the door, I got it out, and I went over there and put it on top of something. And I thought, now I'll remember it. Yeah, you will. Okay. <laughs> That's not a small thing. This kind of thing can save your life. Just this one simple impression, don't do that now, could save your life. I said, could save your life. I said, could save your life. There are people who are no longer with us because they thought tweeting their friend, texting their friend, 
about the dog they were thinking about getting was more important than staying in their lane, driving their car. And so they're dead. Love the Lord, good people, but they didn't know what was important. I said they didn't know what was important. People that are dead. Because they're scrambling, messing with their radio over some goofy song they shouldn't be listening to anyway. Did you hear me? That that's more important than slowing down for the intersection coming up. And they're not here anymore. Now maybe they were lovely people, but in that instance, they're a fool. They should have known driving your car is more important than messing with that stuff. And I can wait till I get home to find out what breed of dog they're looking at. I'm telling you, people are being led. There is just an incessant flow of emailing and texting and tweeting. And people, when that thing buzzes or that thing blares, they don't think, should I or shouldn't I? It's almost hardwired into them now. Beep. 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 Then are you being led by the Spirit? No, you're led by that. And if you do, you're going to waste hours and days. There's been situations of ministry that the Lord had me trying to talk. They came to get counsel from me. And the Lord, they didn't realize it. I, I didn't over-dramatize it. But I just got a word of knowledge. I didn't say, hold on. Beep, beep, beep. Word of knowledge coming. <laughs> that draw attention to you but but it was it was valuable it was precious I knew it was I'm trying to talk to them and they're looking down messing with their phone while I'm trying to talk to them so disrespectful did you hear me they got a call and they took it and they talked loud about it and I could hear it's just stupid stuff And here we're talking about the plan of God. We're talking about the things of God. Are they being a fool? They're being a fool. Now I'm not talking about judging anybody. Every one of us have come short in these areas. Have missed it in these areas. But let's quit being a fool. I said let's quit being a fool. Let's learn what's important. And what's not important. And let's not just learn it. Let's act like it. Let's do it. There's a saying in aviation. What's the most important thing to do? A lot of you already know it. Fly the plane. (laughs) See, you laugh. (laughs) But there are untold number of accidents because people didn't do that. Untold. I know when I first, we we got our first little airplane, a little Bonanza, single engine, little bitty small airplane. And the doors on those planes have a reputation for popping open. Yeah, I know that doesn't sound good, does it? They do. The latch is just, it's a great airplane. Don't miss this good little airplane. The latch on that door is, I don't know. It's just not all it could be. And something the way, uh, the way the air flows around that, it sucks that door out. So unless it's really latched properly, it'll pull it open. But they, in teaching me, they said, now, you know, it could pop open. But the airplane flies just fine. 
with the door open. (laughs) And it does. The wings don't know the difference. The motor runs the same. Anybody with me? But now when that door pops open, the air sucks out and it becomes a little tornado in there. And so anything that's not nailed down is swirling around your head and flying and it's loud. You know how I know? (laughs) It happened to me. And I thought I had it shut. Maybe I did. But they had ingrained in me. No matter what, no matter if you case falls out the door if your sunglasses fly off your head what do you do anybody anybody? fly because that's important the door being open the wind the noise is not important flying the plane is important because a lot of times this would happen right when you took off when you're close to the ground sure enough one day I took off and boom and oh boy, papers, whoosh, noise. But I heard my instructor's words ring, fly the plane. I just sit there, I fly. I don't care if that door falls off. I'm flying this airplane. <laughs> and I'm still here to talk to you. Two years later, just two years later, I read in the reports, Bonanza crashed. Guy died. Why? Door opened on takeoff. I know exactly what happened. You know what he did? He tried to close that door. I said he tried to close that door. Tried to stop that noise. Stop that commotion. And the thing is, you can't reach over there and mess with that without inadvertently turning your control. You won't mean to, but you will. And when you're that close to the ground, you can't do this. He's dead. I say all that to say this. You got to know what's important. And you got to ignore even some of the other stuff may be distracting. It may be yelling at you, screaming at you. It may be bothering you, but you got to know that's not important. Other people may be pulling on you, making demands on you. If you let people, they will use up all your time. They'll keep you on the phone for three hours about nothing. And you're a fool if you let them do it. Well, I just want to be nice, but don't be a fool. Be nice when you say, I'm sorry, I have to get off. You can be nice, just be pleasant. (laughs) If they're not wise enough not to do that, you need to be wise enough for yourself to not let them do it to you. I got to go do this and I want to go do that and I want you to come with me. Well, that's not a leading. Just because they woke up and had a harebrained idea doesn't mean you have a leading. Are y'all with me, friends? <laughs> well, I want to be nice. Well, be nice when you say no. Just be real, smile, be real pleasant and go, no, no. No, I don't, I, I don't do that. <laughs> smile real big. No, no. Well, won't you do it tomorrow? No. No. Well, when will you do it? Uh, I won't. Never. I'm not going to do it. But we love you. Thank you. I want you to have a good day. 
<laughs> Proverbs 4. Turn there, please. Tell me the two things you need to know in life. You need to know what's important. And you need to know what's not important. And you need to walk circumspectly, the scripture said, in the light of that. In wisdom. Redeeming the time. Because your days are short. And your opportunities are precious. We must not squander them. We must not take them for granted. There's some wonderful opportunities in the church right now. And it'll be coming up in the next few days and months. If you cared, you'd be getting ready. You'd be doing everything you knew to get your debts paid off, get yourself free, get yourself unencumbered, get yourself built up, get yourself healed, get your relationships good and strong and right. Are y'all with me? So that you're ready and available. And when things come up, you can go, yes. When we say we need people for this, you go, hey, I can do it. I'm ready. Because friend, in a few days, we're all going to be out of here. Every one of us. These opportunities are precious. The Bible said, making the most of the time, every time, an opportunity. Seizing and buying up the opportunities. Now, getting this wisdom is much simpler than the enemy would have you to believe. How can I get it? Proverbs 4, verse 5. Proverbs 4 and 5, what does it say? Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. And what will she do? What will wisdom do? He personifies wisdom. But every one of these refers to wisdom. So let me read it like that. Forsake wisdom not, and wisdom shall preserve you. Love wisdom, and wisdom will keep you. Do you believe that? Wisdom is the principal thing, so get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom, and wisdom shall promote you. How many like that? It'll promote you. Wisdom will bring you to honor. You like that? When you embrace wisdom, wisdom will give your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall wisdom deliver to you. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, wisdom sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you go, your steps shall not be straightened, and when you run, you shall not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Skip down to verse 18. What does it say? But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Everybody said out loud, the wisdom of God God is in me, me. directing me, me. guiding me. me. Is there a right way to do everything? Is there a right time and way to do it? How would you know that? Only one way. None of us will ever be smart enough to figure all this out. Only one way. It's not in man to direct his own steps, the scripture said. Oh, but the one who already knows everything is already in you. Isn't he? He's already in you. And all you need to do is look to him. 
James said this. James 1 and 5. Put it up on the screen for us please. James 1 and 5. If any of you lack wisdom. Do what? It's so simple. Don't make it hard. If you lack wisdom do what? Ask of God. And what will he do? Gives to all men. Not just a few super spiritual ones. All men liberally. And upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. So all you got to do is ask. And believe you receive it. And look for it. Somebody say look for it. You got to look for it. This is not complicated. It's not hard. The, The problem is. People make their own plans. They let somebody else lead them. They let circumstances lead them. They let feelings lead them. They let needs lead them. They let their flesh, their desires lead them. And so they're not even looking for the wisdom of God. But we've already read it. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That's all you got to do. Ask for it and look for it. Say it out loud. Ask for it. I'm talking about wisdom. Ask for the wisdom and then do what? Look for That's all you got to do. Pause. Don't get in too big of a hurry. Wait on the Lord. Everything you do. Wait and check. Ask and look. Ask and look. Are you with me friends? Don't just blare through life. Don't just let somebody else plan your days and your years. You got the one inside you who knows everything about everything. Don't you? Trust what you get inside. Lean not to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Trust him. Trust him. Trust what you get in there with all your heart. Everything that comes up, you say, Lord, show me how to do this. Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom on this. And then what do you do? Look for it. Look for it. You're looking to him. You're asking. That way, see, we're back to our text. If you abide in me. That's what you're doing. You're talking to him. You're communing with him all day long. You're listening to him. You're looking. You're abiding in him. And he said, that's the key to bearing fruit. Didn't he? That's the key. Glory to God. He'll show you. You'll go to do something and he'll check and go wait. You get yourself so trained, you don't even have to know why. You'll just wait. Hmm? And you know he'll show you the rest later. You go to say something, he'll check you. Don't say that now. Okay, how should I say that? And so you'll wait and you'll listen and smile and you're hearing them but at the same time you're checking on the inside and you realize, oh yeah, now. Because then they go on and say something you go, oh yeah, I shouldn't have said that because that'd make them think about that and I don't want that. And the Lord shows you the exact phrase. How many remember Jesus stooped down and wrote as, as though he didn't even hear them? And while he's writing, he got something, man. And he stood up and he told them and it changed, turned the whole situation around. Instead of you just running your mouth, you stand there and listen and you say, Lord, show me how to answer that. Show me what to say. And the Lord give you the right answer and the right tone. And it saved three days of fighting. You redeemed some time. You bought back some time that you would have lost out of your life. (laughs) You start to jump in your car and go somewhere. And the Lord check you. Don't do that. Just go over and sit in the chair and read your Bible. And your flesh is all primed. You know, your flesh is flesh. It's ready to go. Wait, what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? I can't just sit around. I got to go. That's how you miss God. Moving too fast. Talking too much. Answering too quick. Making decisions too hasty. That's how you miss God. That's how you waste your life. That's how you waste time. So you go back in there. You sit down. You read your word. You pray a little bit. No. No audible voices. No 
lightning flashes, but you, you feel better. You get up. You're going about your day. You don't realize you just missed a wreck and a lawsuit and three months of missed work. And you'll never know it because it never happened. <laughs> you just weren't there. Friends, is this real or not? Are y'all listening? So did you redeem time? You saved time. You saved money. You saved pain. You saved suffering. You saved loss. And what helped you do? The wisdom of God was leading you and guiding you and directing you. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.